Isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord together on Friday night? I ache for this every week. My week, you're like, yeah, this is your job. No, like I want to be here every week, to be among the people of God. So thank you for coming to worship. If you're new, welcome. We've got Guest Central in the back after the service. Please come say hi. Let us get to meet you and give you a gift. That's the first announcement. Second thing, we've got Kids Camp coming up June 26th through 29th. The big God story. If you've ever had your kids at one of the kids camps here, you know we, we go all out. We go hard and we love it. And so get signed up. This is the early bird deal. There's a QR thing. You know how to do this if you're below 50, 40, 27. If you're below 27, you know how to do this. But anyway, there's an early bird price there and we need volunteers. And I, from Friday night, I would like to bring 100 volunteers to help serve that week. And so just put that in your spirit. We'll also give you a great discount if you're gonna serve and bring your kids. So anyway, do that thing. But here's what I wanna tell you tonight. There's a fun announcement, okay? Are you ready for a good story? February 1st Wednesday, We're over there worshiping and we had a great night of prayer and Lisa's walking out and she sees an old friend from 18 years ago that she started teaching with on day one at the Classical Academy Central Campus. And she said, Annie, what in the world? Annie doesn't go to new life and she was just there to worship. And so they started talking and catching up on life and Annie said, yeah, and if you could be praying, our church is gonna vote this Sunday. Uh, we're, We're gonna vote to see if we should sell our building because we're about to go into foreclosure. And it was heartbreaking and, and 40 year old church, they've been faithful in the city. And, and so Lisa said, well, you know, we'll be praying. And so we get home and Lisa tells me about that conversation with Annie. And I tell that to Pastor Brady and Pastor Brady calls the pastor the next morning and begins a conversation. He says, first, I'm so sorry. I know what it was like when new life couldn't pay our mortgage. And we wondered if we would make it. That was us 15 and a half years ago. So I ache with you. I'm so sorry that that's happening. Second thing, if you think there's a way that we can support or we can help or we can partner together or combine or just join our strength, you let us know. Well, this last Sunday, that church voted 53 to 2 to combine churches with New Life Midtown. I want to show you this. It's Austin Bluffs Community Church, six acres right off Austin Bluffs and near Stetson Hills. They've been there 40 years. It's got a 450-seat auditorium. It's an unbelievable property with a great core of about 80 people that go to that church. They're going to combine with New Life Midtown, which has been meeting a mile down the road from them forever. Y'all, look what the Lord has done. This is a bona fide miracle, and God has provided for us. So we celebrate what God is doing, and I just can't wait to tell you more and more stories of God's faithfulness, and be praying with us for New Life East, and for New Life Downtown, and for New Life Manitou to have these kind of miraculous stories of permanent space. One more time, can we celebrate God's faithfulness? Okay, now be nice. Take two minutes, say hello to each other, cross the aisle, hug a neck, shake a hand. One, two, three, go.
Okay, okay, okay. Grab your seats. I am thrilled to see you here. Thanks for coming to Friday night. Um, we ha- almost had 900 people here last week, and God just keeps growing what's going on with the children combined. I mean, our children's ministry is just exploding with joy up there. And thank you, all of you who are on a rotation to help serve and to teach our children the Word of God. We bless you. We love you. If you have your Bibles, would you turn again to Matthew chapter 6? Anyone enjoy Pete Gregg last night, or last night, last week? Anyone enjoy Pete Gregg last night? Last week, God Almighty. Yeah, uh, thrilled to have him, and he spoke on the Lord's Prayer, and I'm gonna do week two on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Not because Pete left any meat on the bone, but it's just because it's the Lord's Prayer, and there's so much to say about the Lord's Prayer. So Matthew chapter six, we're in week nine of our series going through the Sermon on the Mount. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to read you The Lord's Prayer out of the Message Translation. St. Huge the Huge translated the Bible. And so I'm going to read that to you here and I'll read it and pray and then we'll jump in for week two on the Lord's Prayer. So hear the word of the Lord out of the Message Translation. Jesus says something like, The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Prayer as a mechanism to sort of leverage God. The world is full of those kinds of folks, but you can go to the next slide. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Like this, our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes. Yes. Can you say amen tonight? Lord, we pray that you would speak to us tonight. I have nothing in my own strength. I cannot manipulate this moment. I cannot do the work. Spirit of the living God, you must speak if we're going to hear anything tonight. And so we invite you. Would you, right where you are, just begin to say, come Holy Spirit. Pastor Brady's been teaching us to pray this for 15 and a half years. Come Holy Spirit. We long to hear from you. We pray that you would take these words and take this moment, take all of our lives and our storylines, and would you lift us up into your kingdom way. Lord, show us what you want from us tonight. We pray the the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer, we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. amen. We have a morning routine with our kids. Uh, some of you have heard about it just a bit. I've, I've briefly mentioned it, but every morning we've got about 20 minutes in the car together. And we, we listen to a couple chapters of the Bible, and we're driving in, and I'll ask the kids, what did you hear? 
and they'll talk back and all of them have to say something and they can't say, yeah, what Wilson said. No, what did you hear? Not what did Wilson hear? And so we engage the text and we talk about it and I get to drop some Bible nerd knowledge on them and just kind of flex a little bit with my kids. And so it's fun. We have a great conversation. But when we hit 83 and Northgate and we turn right, one of them will say, this then is how the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. And we all pray it together. That's our morning liturgy, our morning routine. And we'll have a few thousand of those in us before the kids are gone. And I celebrate the the Lord's prayer as a part of our family routine. And these words are so iconic. People who don't follow Jesus know them. People who don't care about the life of faith know, give us this day our daily bread when they're on the brink. These words have have transcended time and place and culture. Every tribe, tongue, nation, and people group understand these words. And this week I want to say three things. I want to focus on three phrases out of the Lord's Prayer. I was looking through my notes this week of past sermons, and Glenn, you've preached for over 40 years. You know what it is to go through your catalog. I just love looking back at how bad of a preacher I was 15 years ago and going, God bless those people who had to endure that. Would you give them a a great treasure in heaven? Um, But, you know, you're getting better, and you're looking through your notes. I've been preaching on the Lord's Prayer for 15 years, and I hope, Lord willing, that I get another 25 or 30 doing this work. But tonight I want to look at three phrases out of the Lord's Prayer through this message translation. Phrase number one, set the world right. God set the world right. This is what Jesus taught us to pray. This little section comes from the the, the section, your kingdom come. Set the world right. Right, last week Pete reminded us that the English word prayer derives from the Latin word precarius, which is the word that we get precarious. We pray because life is precarious. We pray because life is difficult. We pray because there's just certain moments where you've you, you got nothing left but to turn upward and to, to open your heart and to, to give him your emotion and to give him your ache and to give him your fear and to just say, God, set the world right. We say set the world right because the world is not right. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand we're waiting for the kingdom to come and God's will to be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray this cry for the fullness of the kingdom to come. And what was their expectation? Jesus was talking to a people who who had a book. They had the Old Testament. They understood the Torah and the prophets. They they understood that ache for God's kingdom to come. And Jesus, when when he taught them this prayer, they would have immediately started thinking of Isaiah chapter 25. A prayer that these kids had memorized in, in Torah schooling and growing up in the synagogue, he would, have, he would have immediately flagged that for them. Isaiah 25, 6, it says, on this mountain. So the question is, what was the expectation of the ancient people of Israel? Isaiah said that in the day of the Lord on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food. He's forecasting what the kingdom come looks like on this mountain. Mount Zion, the Lord will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, for every tribe. A banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds the peoples, the sheet that covers all the nations. God will do this one day. Verse eight, he will swallow up 
death forever. If you've ever been to a funeral, you can say amen. That on the day of the Lord, there will be no more funerals. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. On the day of the Lord. Good thing I don't have hair. There is a, there's a static electricity storm happening right now. But Isaiah says that the nations, all of us are living under the shroud that enfolds the, the world. There's difficulty and there's famine and there's rumors of wars and there's, there's hatred and there's racism and there's poverty. There's children in famine that are aching for, for a fresh meal. There's, there's elderly people in, in remote parts of the world dying alone. Isaiah says that on the day of the Lord, the shroud that enfolds all the nations will be lifted off and God will set his people free. (laughs) Almost asphyxiated under the suffocation. (gasps) How did your pastor go out? It was a sheet. It was a weird thing. He thought it was going to work. But isn't this somehow how, uh, sometimes how life feels? Like it's working, it's working, it's working. <gasps> and you get swallowed up in a storm of chaos that you didn't even see coming. And you wonder if you're going to make it. Turkey and Syria about two months ago. It's difficult on the brink, many of them, but all of a sudden, something enshrouded them, enfolded them. They, something took their story over. 47,000 people, a, a, a small, a, a safe estimate for how many people died in the, these earthquakes. Shroud enfolding the people, the chaos. Set the world right, God. What? Boko Haram. In Nigeria, abducts 200 girls for sex slavery from a school. (sighs) Set the world right. How could someone be so heartless? And yet we keep doing this to each other. As you think about the foster care system right here in our own city. Lock jammed with children who need a home. Set the world right. Your kingdom come. Hey, remember that Isaiah 25 thing? On that great day, the Lord Almighty says on this mountain, I'll set up a feast of fine aged wine and all the nations will be there. And the thing that has vexed the world, the chaos that has swallowed people up right and left for millennia in the great day of the Lord that will be rebuked in the name of Jesus. Death will be no more and sorrow will be no more and there will be no more tears. Set the world right, God. This is an elemental human prayer. Make it so that people aren't living life alone anymore, God. 
Make it so that there's no such thing as an enemy anymore, God. Make it so there's no such thing as a mental health battle anymore, God. God, thank you so much for raising up doctors and nurses and people who, first responders who run into the storm down here. Eliminate the storms. No more, God. Set the world right. This is what Jesus wants us to pray. The point number one, with with the phrase number one, the Lord's prayer is an invitation into a life of intercession. To enter into the groan, to enter into the ache, to enter into the cry. And this is why we give of our resources. Why? Because we as a church can do more collectively than any of us could do individually. We're stepping into Colorado Springs saying, God, set the world right. And we Mary's home and dream centers and women's clinics and everything we're trying to do. Lord, set the world right as we give to the nations. Lord, set the world right, supporting orphanages and drilling wells in Central America and helping in Africa and helping in Pakistan with Pastor William, who has stood on this stage four times with four daughters, making $300 a month. God, set the world right. We are invited into a life of intercession, church. Stop being cute with your prayers. Pray for the parking spot if you want. I don't care. Pray for the the mosquitoes to be rebuked like Pete said last week. That's totally fine. Get in the gritty stuff too. Intercede, intercede, intercede. Enter into the ache. God set the world right. Your kingdom come. Do Isaiah 25 and do Revelation 21. Come on, God. But if you're going to live a life of intercession, I think you'll need at least two things. First, you'll need a list. And second, you'll need a place. A list and a place. If you're going to, if you're going to live a life of intercession, you've got to build a list. Because we forget things. And so, so the list will change from season to season. But if it's on your note app on your phone, I don't care. If it's a moleskin journal and you're real sophisticated or bougie like that or whatever. Like, I don't care how you write your list or where you keep your list. I'm saying carry people's stories with you. Don't be a flighty friend. Enter into it. Lisa and I have a list. We've got a routine in the morning. She'll take my hand because she's up first. I can hear her thinking. It's 4.30 in the morning. Lisa's thinking. She hasn't said anything. I go, oh gosh, she's awake. She's doing something. She's thinking something. She's figuring out how to spend money. She's interceding for something. I don't know. She's doing something. And then once we're finally coherent and she'll grab my hand or put her hand on my chest and we'll start praying and we always pray for all four of our parents. Thank God they're all four still alive. Lord, bless Larry and Linda and bless David and Becky. God, we thank you so much. We're jumping off their shoulders and they've blessed us. And Lord, make us a blessing. Bless Grandma Wheezy, 91-year-old saint watching tonight in Lapwat. I love you, Grandma Wheezy. Lord, care for Wheezy and take good care of Wheezy. Strengthen Wheezy and Lord, give her joy and give her vitality and give her fullness of life. And Lord, bless Lily and Carol and bless, bless Wilson James and bless Wakely Daniel. And we start, we've got, we've bless their teachers and bless their coaches. Their, their teachers are spending so much time with them. Why would you not intercede for your kids' teachers? your kids' coaches. We got a list and we going through, oh Lord, bless our leaders, bless our president, bless our vice president, bless our mayor. Like we're going through our list and then our friends tell us their stories and we tuck those stories into our souls. Because what is the church if it's not a people that carries each other's stories in their souls? 
Do you have a list? If you're gonna be an interceder, if you're gonna be someone, an intercessor, someone who enters into the ache of the world, Lord, set the world right. What are you asking him to set right? Have a list. But you also have to have a place. Place all throughout the Bible. You've got intercessors who have their places. You've got Daniel in Daniel chapter six, the one I'm named after, who, who, whose story I love. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. This is Daniel's place. Keep on going. In the next verse, three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Three times a day. They arrested him because he wouldn't stop praying in his place. With the windows open toward Jerusalem, you know what that means? He's he's got his direction toward the temple of God, toward the day of the Lord. He's thinking about Isaiah 25 as he even, he's in Babylon, but he's pointed toward Jerusalem because one day God is gonna destroy all these stupid little regimes that think they're God and he's gonna set a feast for all the nations. God set the world right. That's what Daniel was interceding for. If you're going to be an intercessor, you have to have a list and you have to have a place. Jonah had the belly of the big fish. It says that he was there for three days praying. Jesus had the garden of Gethsemane. God set the world right. God set the world right. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. If it, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. You gotta have somewhere where you can bleed. That's what Jesus was doing in the garden of Gethsemane. Hannah had the temple. She went up to the temple. God, give me a baby. God, give me a baby. God, give me a baby. And finally, after years, that prayer was answered. My, my great-grandmother, I've told you about her just a little bit on a Sunday a few weeks ago. I told a quick story. Great-grandma Smith, I've got this picture of her place here in Idaho. This is where Grandma Wheezy lives. That's the barn that Hieronymus Asimokopoulos, my great-grandfather, built. Greek immigrant. And that little greenhouse, that's where she lived for 26 years after Harry died out in the front yard right there. He came in from the fields, working the hay fields, came in, had a heart attack in the yard there, died. The kids gathered around, they prayed, they blessed him, and they took him to the ground. And she lived in that little house right there in the canyon, Catholic Creek Canyon, by herself for 26 years. And this was, this was her place. This was her chair. You see that picture of her sitting in the chair? (laughs) 26 years by herself in that house. She never drove a car, never had a refrigerator, never had a television. 26 years. My mom just lived up the hill. They'd come down and visit. Mom would drive her to church on Sundays as a teenager. Mom got her license at 14. And Grandma Smith never drove. She sat in this chair for 26 years with the Bible right next to her and a little lampstand, and she interceded us into existence. Oh, God, set the world right. Oh, God, would you help? Oh, God, would you take care of the Nez Perce Indian tribe on whose land we live? Oh, God, would you take care? Lord, send rain because we're all agrarians and we depend on the rain so that we can eat this year. God, would you open up the heavens over Lapway, Idaho? Oh, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Oh, God, would you take care of my kids? She had six of them. Oh, God, would you take care of their spouses and, their, and my grandkids? And I can't even keep count of how many grand, great-grandkids now that are on the line with her name and 
She sat here, she had her list and she had her place and for 26 years until she entered her rest all alone, she interceded all of us into existence. Do you have your list and do you have your place? The saints of old and the scriptures have their place and if you're gonna be someone who can live a long life of intercession, you're going to have to create a little space where, where God's glory dwells and you say, when I'm here, this is what I'm about. Friends, have a list and have a place. Make your list and pick your place and spend your life praying. Set the world right. Phrase number two. Do what's best. God, do what's best. Have you ever been out of your depths? Have you ever not known what to do? Have you ever just been in? I've had conversations with mechanics. I'm not a mechanic. Oh, Lord God Almighty. I, I stand in front of Cal Massey. God bless him, the man of God. I'm looking at Massey's all over this room. Man of God here at this church for 30 years. And, and, and I just talk to him about cars and I go, man, just do what's best. <laughs> just, do, just do, I don't know what to do. You do what's best. Treat it like it's yours, Right? You've been in a a, a hospital room with a doctor and you have, I was just recently in a hospital visiting a member and and the doctor was throwing around this alphabet soup of acronyms that I had no idea what was going on. And and it was, I was just visiting and I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what was happening and the stakes were high for this person. And, And essentially what the guy said to the doctor was, do what's best. Do for me what you would do for yourself if you were in my spot. You ever talk to a roofer or tax accountant or someone who just is skilled at something you stink at and what do you say to them? You say, do what's best. I remember three or four times with my kids through the years where there was an overwhelming moment for them and they didn't quite understand or comprehend all the complexities. They weren't really sure what was happening but it was a big moment and essentially what they said to me, I, I said to them, do you trust me? Lillian, do you trust me? Wilson, do you, do you, hey Wakes, what do you think? You think I can be trusted? And essentially what they said back to me in those three or four really weighty moments was do what's best. And Jesus said there's gonna be a thousand moments you, you get swept up into where you're out of your depths. You have no idea. The complexity's overwhelming. You don't have expertise. There's only one person who knows what to do. And Jesus says, spend your life praying, do what's best. When you don't know what to do and wisdom seems to be lacking, when you don't have all the information, when you have more questions than answers, pray the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Do what's best, God. I trust you, 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 I trust you. Your will be done. Point number two with phrase number two is that the Lord's Prayer is a training in trust. At some point, we're gonna have to give it over. At some point, we're gonna have to say, I'm living at your mercy and you have been faithful up to this point and though I'm scared out of my mind going forward and I don't know what the future holds, God, I can look back at how you have been and who you have been and what you have done. Do what's best. I trust you. You never get to graduate from trust. You never get to graduate from trust. Phrase number three. Keep us safe from ourselves. 
and the devil. That second part, the devil, is pretty straightforward, yeah, the devil. We know the devil's bad, and Peter told us, you know, to be watching out because the devil's a bad guy. First Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Go watch some lion videos tonight. I did this a few weeks ago. I was reading this. I was like, just let me refresh myself on a lion. I mean, like, destroy, king of the jungle. Like, the devil is like a roaring lion, only worse. Seeking whomever he may devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. We understand. Keep us safe from the devil. But I think we sort of sleep on that first phrase. Keep us safe from ourselves. I cannot tell you, I don't know if it's like an increase. I don't know if it's just, I'm more aware of it, but it feels to me like I could, I, anecdotally, I could tell you that there is an increase of people destroying their lives right now. As a pastor, the people I'm talking to, I just, Lord have mercy. And I'm not looking at it like, oh, bless their hearts. They're so stupid. I'm saying, God have mercy on me. Keep me safe from myself. Oh, and please keep me safe from the devil. But Lord, keep me safe from myself. We need to sober up. We need to pay attention. We need to lean. We get so intoxicated with trying to cultivate influence. or We get enamored with money or we get bored with our mundane commitments. So we get this wandering eye and we fall asleep at the wheel. And we just, Pastor Brady talks about the decade of stupid. And I think he's absolutely right. The decade of stupid in Pastor Brady's understanding is 45 to 55 years old. Because you are better at your craft than you've ever been. What used to take prayer and fasting and really seeking the Lord and, and, and cultivating a, a hidden life with God, now you can fake it because you're just good. You're good at your craft. You can do these things. We see it happen with pastors all the time and it keeps me on my knees. The decade of stupid, after 25 years of working hard, you just kind of get sloppy like David who went out on top of the, the rooftop. And the time of the year when the kings went out to war, David stopped going out to war because he was just kind of good. He built a kingdom. He was powerful. He had everything he needed. He had the palace. And in that moment, he got stupid and he got a wandering eye and he destroyed his life and he destroyed other lives around him. The decade of stupid, Lord, keep us safe from ourselves. If you're not praying that prayer, the devil is ready to eat you up. I'm not trying to create fear here. I am trying to raise a level of sobriety. This is a moment, if you don't pay attention, you, you get six months down the line and all of a sudden you're, a self-induced sheet falls over your life and you're swallowed up in a storm. Friends, keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil. The Lord's Prayer is a call to spiritual sobriety. It's time to wake up to a fresh sobriety. It's time to get back in the, the prayer room. This is why we've relaunched the World Prayer Center. We had 50 people there on Wednesday morning and we had like 52 people there on Wednesday at noon and we had 20 people there on Wednesday night at 6.30. Friends, it's time to get back into the place of prayer. In your home, in your secret place, have a list and have a place, but corporately together. Thank you for coming to church. It tells me that you're, you're, you're sober. You're on the front foot. You're paying attention. It's time to wake back up. 
I'll just say it this way. Prayer is the daily practice of bringing the scattered scraps of our lives into the presence of God so that he can put the pieces back together every day, sometime during the day, at least once. Daniel did it three times a day. The, the Israelites very often, they said seven times a day, I'll praise you for your marvelous deeds. Like every, you need check-ins, you need reset buttons all throughout your day. Lord God, do what's best and I trust you and your kingdom come and set the world right and get this thing going. And Lord, how can I be a blessing? God, I am all in. You have to do this on a daily basis. And as we do the scraps of our lives, I brought into the presence of the Lord and he starts to piece us back together. In March of 2019, a terrible storm came through Beauregard, Alabama. And Miss Ernestine Reese, she was 72 years old and she was in her house. In her house, she had a prayer room. These, these winds got over 100 miles an hour and it's a, this, this rural, uh, r- remote area in Alabama. 72-year-old church, church mother, intercessor, living alone, scripture, prayer, vibrant worship life with God. She had been a saint for 72 years and here these winds come ripping through Beauregard, Alabama and roared and tore her house down and the family came to the house after the storm had ceased and they thought she was dead I want to show you this video of Miss Ernestine Reese, 72 years old. I thank the Lord and tell God, thank you, King King. You hear me, boy? Yeah, watch the words. You hear me? Tell God, thank you. (laughs) Tell God, thank you. (laughs) Hey, no blood in the name of God. She said, it ain't nothing but the power of God. Tell God thank you, Kiki. She was FaceTiming Kiki. Tell God thank you, baby. (laughs) She's laughing. She just had her life destroyed. Everything around her, they thought she was dead. They put a Batman shirt on her head because she was cold and wet and she had oxygen in her nose and she's wrapped up in this makeshift blanket. They threw her in a wheelchair. You know where they found her? Let me show you the picture of her house after they cleared it up. That's her prayer closet. I've seen pictures inside of it of the writing on the wall. She's got scriptures everywhere and she's got pictures of her babies hanging on it. And they found her tucked in her prayer closet, 72 years old by herself, destroyed her house. Look at the slab. But Miss Ernestine Reese was tucked away like she had been for 72 years. And they pull her out and she's not anxious. She's, <laughs> tell God, thank you, baby. Oh, hey, baby, tell him. Y'all give God praise. Prayer closet. And that's all cute and everything. You can turn that into a metaphor. I'm just telling you, you will die if you don't pray. Your life will get swallowed up if you don't pray. You will come to an unhappy end if you don't pray. You will, you will needlessly wound yourself if you don't pray. It will be self-inflicted wound if you don't pray. But like Miss Ernestine Reese and like my great-grandmother Turley and like so many saints who've gone before, they have a list. They've got their people with pictures up and scriptures on the wall and they, they've created a place where they just gather and they say, oh God, this is holy ground and we pray that your name would be hallowed right here in this little place. On the earth as it is in heaven, God, give our people today 
all of my people. God, give them daily bread. I don't know what daily bread looks like for them. Sure, feed them. Yeah, feed them. But they need something else from you to be sustained today. God, would you give them daily bread? Would you care for my people? Would you heal their bodies? Would you give them soundness of mind? Lord, would you give them the joy of the Lord to be their strength? Oh, God, I'm praying you'd open the windows of heaven as our kids go into school. Send your angels to protect them and to guard them and to keep them safe in all their ways. Lift them up in their hands so that they don't dash their feet again. Set the world right, God. Do what's best. Keep us safe from ourselves. And keep us safe from the devil. We trust you, God. We need you, God. Do you see what you're missing out on if you don't live this way? I used to think that prayer was busy work. God made the world and then he goes, crap, what are they gonna do? (laughs) Well, at least make them pray an hour a day and I'll teach some evangelical pastors in America to say, you guys gotta be an hour. You know, one 24th of their time is sort of, they'll probably sleep eight. So we got another, what, is that 16 to figure out? 15, 16 hours to figure out? Prayer is an invitation to intimacy with the creator of the universe. Prayer is an invitation to get rehumanized in a world that sucks life out of us at every turn. What do we do if we don't do this? We break down, that's for sure. Friends, I'm begging you to press back in to become a person of prayer. You don't have to have an MDiv in theology. You don't have to be sophisticated. You don't have to have moleskin journals. You just have to have a list of your people you love and a place where you just devote it to God and call out on heaven and take these words out of Matthew chapter six and pray them every single day inside and out and let them become a part of your lexicon of faith. And friends, tell me if you don't show up at 72 like Miss Ernestine Reese and you're able to laugh in a freaking storm. I'm sorry I'm so passionate here. I'm gonna get rebuked for saying freaking. Please forgive me, but not. I'm not asking that. I'm not that sorry. Let's go. The joy that you saw on that precious woman of God from Beauregard, Alabama was birthed in the place of prayer. The only way you can become that is by sitting in a place like this. It's on the table for all of us. If we don't do it, it's a self-inflicted wound. If we do do it, get ready to live. And you will be able to laugh your way through. It's gonna be painful at times. You will cry, but like Miss Ernestine, you will laugh your way through seasons that swallow other people up. Become a person of prayer, please. Jesus says, that this is the way we will make it through. Friends, would you stand with me tonight? Would you just lay your hands on your heart tonight and ask the Lord for the gift of prayer. It's a gift that God stirs up the desire in us. Ask him to to give you that again.
Some of you are locked in. Great, enjoy it, keep going, keep the pedal down. Some of you once knew this, but you just fell asleep at the wheel. You got sloppy, you got tired, life happened, whatever. I, no shame, you just know that, that you're dry. Would you ask the Lord tonight for the gift of desiring a life of prayer? Some of you are brand new to this and something in you is stirred and you go, gosh, I wanna be like Miss Ernestine. Yes, you do. I promise you, you do. And the only way you'll have it is if you, you hide yourself in the presence of God. The gift is on the table, church. Receive it tonight. Sign back up tonight. Some of you, I, see, I just see this picture of you setting a, a calendar invite every morning. Six o'clock, seven o'clock. Do whatever works for you. Maybe it's nighttime. You don't avoid meetings that are on the calendar. You don't leave people hanging. Why not put an appointment on the calendar with the God of the universe? And just keep it. Just, Just keep it. God, we're asking that you would make us a people of prayer tonight. For the world... Would you break our hearts, Lord, for the things that make you cry, for the people who are on the brink? Some of you are like, yeah, that's me. Take your life on the brink into the presence of God and see if he doesn't do something. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to be close to you. God, we're asking that you would put these words on our lips, do what's best set the world right keep us safe from ourselves and the devil and so Lord tonight we're asking you to heal us and to make us a people of deep intercession we pray these things tonight in Jesus name and all God's people said amen Amen. I want to invite our communion servers to come forward if you're new what we do is we as we worship we come through and if you're not able to physically come through the room tap the person next to you and say bring me an extra they'll be happy to But we come through the room, we come receive the elements, come back to your seat, stand and hold those elements there as we worship. And in just a minute, I'll come back and we'll receive from the Lord Jesus together the grace and the forgiveness and the strength that we need. Come receive your elements as we worship the Lord.